Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Suns fans of all ages, it's just around the corner, isn't it? Suns Media Day was a couple days ago, and we're already starting to hear snippets from daily practices from our Suns players, learning how they're going to mesh and meld and become a team in every sense of the word, a team that has championship aspirations this year. Our first game is Sunday. It's a noon start here in Arizona, so for those of you who can't stomach any football, Come on by. Watch us after the game. We'll be going live right here in the Suns Jam Session podcast as we break down that game against the Detroit Pistons and, yes, head coach Monty Williams. So, Matthew, as I bring you in, uh, it's becoming real. I'm so, are, are you starting to see some of those snippets and everything and, and you know, what Nurkic is saying about, uh, you know, just from God a damn. practice standpoint? Yeah, he's just like, <laughs> dude, he's, yeah. he's, like, he's like, I'm open all the time. This is great. <laughs> yeah, he's realizing, like, how awesome it is. And then I am, too. You know, I just um him you're realizing how awesome ex- basketball is how awesome he has it in life, how awesome it is for him to come here and he has Beal in the corner, he has Booker bring the ball up, and there's KD and then Okogi. He never mentions the Kogi, but I'm pretty sure he's playing with them. Um, him to be <laughs> that rude. excited gets me excited because sometimes I do sit there, sometimes I might miss Aiton, and sometimes I think maybe Nurkic is not the guy. But when you get interviews like that, it gets me pumped up again. Yeah, it's it's just becoming real, and like basketball's back, and I'm so here for it. Uh, it's October, which for those of you who've watched the pod over the past four years, you know, welcome to the Suns Jam Session podcast, the original post game podcast of the Phoenix Suns, and we've been shooting the shit about the team since 2019. But October is my favorite month of the year. It's the baptism of new basketball is just around the corner. Uh, the MLB playoffs are going on. Football in, in both college and in pros is in full swing. And of course, you know that all of the, uh, the, the the fall is upon us because all the license plates are changing color here in Arizona as all the snowbirds invade here because the weather's finally getting nice and we're as far from 120 degrees as fucking possible. So it's a great time of year. And knowing that basketball, literally we get to see it on the court on Sunday. It just gives me all excited. I, I got all the feels, Matthew. Yeah, even though we did talk about like what a shitty time for a game, but my Cowboys play the Niners at 530, so I'm all good. Yeah, we were talking before the show started. I'm like, oh, man, it's right during football. I love sitting around watching football. Yeah, my uh, too. But oh, well, but oh, well. So plenty to talk about, because one thing that we're going to be doing on this podcast is we're actually going to bring in uh, Keith Feltner Smith from the the Portland Trailcasters podcast, because I don't know if you know this, folks, but this is actually a, a, a team in the Portland Trailblazers that uh, we've had a couple transactions with this off summer. You know, one was a free agent that we brought in, Drew Banks. And then obviously everything that happened with Yusef Nurkic and Nasir Little and Keon Johnson. So uh, we're going to bring him on and we're going to talk about the transaction, talk about his perception of those players that we received and answer some questions about him or to him about DeAndre Ayton. It should be a fun conversation with uh, another team. And that's one of the fun, the fun things about doing the pods is getting to know other fan bases and how they perceive the Phoenix Suns and vice versa. Uh, so without further ado, make sure that you subscribe, rate, and review wherever you're watching this content, whether it's on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch. Uh, hit that thumbs up button, subscribe. If you're listening to the podcast, pop onto Apple. Give us five stars. Write a review. We'll read it right here on the pod. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, those little algorithms let people know where to hang out when you want to talk about Phoenix Suns content. This is the place to be, so please do that. Pop them if you got them, my friends. I got myself a teeth cracking cold cord light right here. So we're going to pop them. And then we're going to bring Keith on, and we're going to talk about the Suns and the Portland Trailblazers.
All right, Jamsters, we welcome to the show Keith Feltner-Smith from a host of the Trailcasters podcast. Keith, I know that we reached out to you a little earlier in the offseason after we got Drew Eubanks because we wanted to get to know him a little bit. Sounds like we're going like to be getting to know a few more of your former uh, guys who played on your team. I think we have four por former Portland Trailblazers now, but welcome to the Suns Jam Session podcast. How you doing? Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, guys. I really appreciate you uh, bringing me on here. Yeah, we talked a while ago about Drew Banks. And let me just say, I love hearing someone say Drew Banks again. I've missed the you, guy already. You taught me that. <laughs> well, thank you. I'm glad we're passing it on. Uh, but yeah, there's been a lot going on. And, you know, we've we kind of been joking that the the Bucks are now Blazers East. I almost want to say that Suns Blazers, we got like a, a Blazers Southwest connection or, or, or Suns Northwest connection up here. I, I myself kind of share that. I went to school down at ASU, spent almost a decade in the Phoenix area overall. Oh, get out of town. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Lived up here in high school, went down there for college, came back up here afterwards and settled myself in. But yeah, so it's uh, it's it's all love up here from uh, from everything you guys got going down there with the Suns. So when we talk about obviously everything that's going on, you know, all the different transactions, let me start like, let, let me just start with this and, and get a little insight, you know, from a Portland Trailblazers perspective. What was it like losing Dame Lillard? Because obviously we too are a franchise that has one key player who's been with our organization. This is, he's entering his ninth year and we know what it's like to be connected to somebody and they're connected to us. And ultimately, you know, walk us through the emotions you felt when Dame Lillard finally actually added some validity to the trade rumors that happened this off season. And ultimately now he's playing out in Milwaukee. It's been crazy, man. It's been a wild experience. I've been kind of fortunate. This is the first summer in almost a decade where I haven't been solely focused on Blazers basketball and everything going on. I've had uh, a new job that's kept me very distracted, so much so that I've hardly had a chance to even podcast about the team when finally stuff does happen here at the end of the summer. Uh, but, you know, we're, we're getting back up. We're, we're wrapping, kind of winding our way back to, up towards the season here. Uh, as far as the Dame stuff, man, when he requested the trade, I went into automatic, like, jilted lover mode. You know, I, I was just immediately feeling like, well, screw him then. Get him out of here. I don't <laughs> want anything to do with him. Uh, but everything with the Miami Heat, I don't know if you guys have seen. Uh, I don't know if you've dealt too much with their fans online. Uh, look, I'm, they're, they're not the only only fan base that I'm sure we can say this about. But, man, I, I, I very quickly fully got. Uh, ready and acceptable. Um, it was acceptable to just make it petty, man. Just go anywhere but Miami. Let's do something else. And I'm not saying the trade was petty. I think it this was actually petty. was. <laughs> uh, it had some pettiness to it. We do legit, like in all seriousness, I think this is much better value than even the best that Miami was going to offer. And story is they didn't want to offer everything they had to offer. And that's where the whole holdup was months ago whenever they last talked. Uh, but the way it worked out, all, all the all the joking aside, Dame wanted somewhere where he could compete. He's now with one of the top two or three players in the league, if not the best. Mm -hmm. uh, he's got a number of blazes over there, like we were you know we're mentioning the uh, the kind of the send off down here to Phoenix. He's back with his former coach Terry Stotts, Pat uh, Connaughton, uh, Robin Lopez as well. Wesley was there, but now is it in Atlanta? I think um, mm -hmm. trying to again still catch up with everything that's going on around the league. <laughs> I'm happy for him. You know, people can change their mind. I, I really, the loyalty, I, th I think that's the biggest issue. The the brand of loyalty that he sold you on, I fully bought into it. And I, so I was ready to say, this guy's going to be our Dirk. He was Portland's Dirk in the way that he was going to be here, win or lose. Dirk obviously won in the end. And maybe that could have happened down the line if 
you know, our fantasy this summer has been that if Embiid got unhappy with all the Harden stuff going on, finally asked out, or Giannis, you know, starts making noise over there about, hey, do something or, or I'm out of here. One of them come to Portland could be a whole different story with Dame. That's not obviously the timeline that we're living in here. Uh, as far as what we did get back from it, especially like we said, versus the the best offer from the Heat. Aiden, I understand that there's been some drama down there, which I'm sure we'll get into, but a, a good young piece for us to build around when we've had uh, maybe a lack of uh, talent to at least, you know, kind of like real consistent talent available to us uh, in that position. A couple of the other young pieces, a number of draft picks. I still think Brogdon is going to get moved for more. So mm -hmm. at, this, at this point, I, I'm, I'm a Cronin stan. I feel like he's really done a, an impressive job with all this so far. Were you sick of Dame though towards the end? Like I, I know he's probably one of your favorite players ever, but when Steve Nash was here and towards the end, I wasn't sick of Steve Nash, but I was ready to move on. I was ready to just kind of have a fresh start, but then I didn't watch yeah. the for the five years after. So maybe I wasn't ready. <laughs> but like just right now, I just you know, there's there hasn't been a real like uh stretch of Dame where he's played great in the playoffs, really getting you to championship, obviously, but are you just ready to kind of just have that fresh start? I know he means a lot to the franchise, but were you just ready to move on, man? I mean, before even like the trade, uh, the, the the trade scenarios, him actually throwing his name out there finally in trade scenarios, were you actually ready to move on? I, I think I would have been more ready to move on uh, if, I mean, look, for years we've been hearing all this stuff about, uh, from other sources saying, oh, Dame was going to ask for a trade, almost did, ended up not doing so. Uh, or other, you know, people trying to sneak him into, at least, you know, the the, the ESPN uh, talking heads love to talk about how he should go somewhere else. I, you know, it's the small market conundrum, right, that that we that we deal with. But again, I think, like I said earlier, the, the brand of loyalty that he really has been pushing, I think really put us in a position where, even when he demanded the trade, like I said, the jilt to everything, part of me was saying, get out of here. I, I'm done with you. Part of me was also going, I mean, you know, if he rescinds the trade, we could always make it work. We could, you know, get everyone, Anthony Simons and younger, like get rid of all the young dudes. Like Scoot obviously has value. The, the other guys have value here. So we could maybe build that super team in the last minute. What a great Cinderella story. Uh, so it's, I don't know. I, I'm, I can't say that I was fully like disgusted by him, ready to get him out. Again, comparing to what you guys have dealt with with Aiden. I, I even today, this morning on Twitter, uh, X Twitter, whatever you want to say, I <laughs> I asked, I, I saw some Suns fans talking about uh, a clip of, of Aiden uh, and just, you know, kind of asking the replies like, hey, Blazers fan here that used to live in Phoenix, tell me more about exactly what it is. Don't just be hyperbolic. Like, tell me what's going on. It didn't get a ton of replies, but I, it gave me at least an idea as far as, you know, maybe what you're referring to, the disgust you might feel. Uh, with with a player who's just kind of worn out his welcome, and we've had those up here before. Hassan Whiteside, uh, most mm. recently in the past, I think is a good uh, Raymond Felton uh, will legendarily always be cupcake to any Blazers fan. He is he he <laughs> tried he tried to uh, offer to fight fans in the streets when when Felton was up here. So it, it's it's going to be one of those where we've had those guys that wore out their welcome. Dame's not one of them. Yeah, I put Dame more on the level of Devin Booker for all the reasons that you stated where you have the big market and national pundits putting words essentially into his mouth saying, hey, Booker could end up in New York. You know, this, the, he, he says he loves playing in Madison Square Garden under the bright lights. That's a key. He's, he wants to be here next season. And he and Devin Booker's never once put any merit to any of those uh, rumors or, or said anything otherwise outside of 
I want to retire here in Phoenix. I want to be here in Phoenix. Mm. I love Phoenix. I love the community. I love every aspect of this. Uh, and so I can empathize with where you're coming from with the Dame side of it. And I, you know, again, I think it was a very, I think it was a quality haul uh, that you guys did. I think it was very smart. I think, you, you know, you didn't uh, jump at what Miami offered. Cause as you stated, they didn't have much to offer, especially in my opinion. And, and, seen as unlike Bradley Beal, like Bradley Beal had a no trade clause. He got to choose where he right. wanted to go. Dame had, he, he had a choice, but he didn't have any leverage. And ultimately Portland held the leverage. And I love that they did two things to fuck the heat. They traded him <laughs> to Milwaukee and then they got Drew Holiday and they traded him to Boston. Oh man. When, when we, when we got holiday and they're talking about where could he go next? I was so, again, the petty side of me, so hoping, like, come on, go talk to Pat Riley now. See if he'll get the same package that he wanted to give for yeah. Lillard. We can get that for Drew. Uh, it, it, it could happen, but again, I'm happy with what we got. I think Brogdon and the picks is is a good haul for it overall. And, you know, again, I don't even think it's done. I, I, I'm i not saying Brogdon won't play uh, for the Blazers. We saw him today wearing number 92. So uh, yeah, if that maybe that. gives you any hint of maybe how long he'll, he's planning to stay around. Uh, I don't think. Nine, I don't, 92 I minutes. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, so you know. I, I don't, I don't know. Uh, we'll see what it ends up being in in the end, and excuse me, in the end to really tally it all. But at this point, I'm uh, I'm pretty happy with what Cronin's done. Well, that's good. You know, again, if you're going to, uh, I was having a conversation with a Lakers podcaster uh, a couple weeks ago, and you know, one of the questions that they asked was, well, you know, the Suns are obviously all in with Durant and Beal and Booker. And that kind of is unfortunate, right? Because you've kind of painted yourself into a corner. I'm like, no, because if at any time, if they feel like it's not going to be successful, they can trade one of those assets. Uh, probably not Kevin Durant and get as <laughs> big a haul, but like Booker would get a, a Lillard-like haul. Oh, uh, yeah. Beal could get a Lillard-like haul. So there's there's always options out there, you know. But here you are now. You're you, you're you got this stack deck, if you will, full of all these different draft picks and talent. And you let go of some players. So I, I think, you know, as Suns fans, we want to kind of get to know who, what your true feelings are as you've experienced these these players as, as a fan. You know, I mean, that's one thing that we do here. Uh, although I am the managing editor of Bright Side of the Sun and I cover the team for SB Nation, a blog site, I, I'm 100% a fan and I, I, you know, probably to a detriment. I was going through and I was actually, I found an old Aiton rant that I had. Uh, when Aiden had 19 uh, points and 21 rebounds, and I was just pissed as shit. And I was watching, like, against the Dallas Mavericks, I'm just going off on Aiden. And I'm like, that's probably to my detriment. I'm a little too too transparent in my feelings, especially considering we go live right after games, like right when your blood's still mm, up. Like, oh, oh, yeah. And we're, like, and we're going live. I'm like, fucking motherfucker. So, <laughs> so talking about some of these guys, you know, uh, Keon Johnson, I kind of want to work our way from the – uh, lowest contracts to the highest contracts and sure. get understanding Keon Johnson, obviously somebody who a lot of Suns fans don't think is going to be sticking around very long. The Suns currently have 17 players rostered plus two, two ways. So two of those players will have to go before the start of the season. Keon Johnson's most likely going to be one of them, but if he was to stay, what could you tell us about Keon Johnson as a player? Keon is one of these guys that he's uh, for anyone who's not really kind of done the profile and he's an athletic guard, probably more point guard than shooting guard, honestly. Uh, and just one of these guys that ha has, I think played in the background, played that third position in rotation long enough where he just needs a chance has, it just kind of needs the break. It, I'm, I'm with you where he probably is one of these guys that is going to at least be fighting for a spot in camp, not guaranteed one. Uh, 
I hope the best for him. I, I think he's got some good talent, but he just hasn't really had an opportunity to, to showcase it at this point. Even in Portland? Even in Portland. We've just had, I mean, we've the, the joke has kind of been oops all guards for uh, a number of years now. Even with, back all the way to, you know, Damon, CJ McCollum. There, there's yeah. been, there was a long time where Blazers fans were chiming for moving Jeremy McCollum. Grant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like doing something long before it happened. And, you know, it's nice that it finally did, obviously, a little too, a little too late in that direction. But Keon was just one of these guys where I think uh, got caught in the, uh, in the midst of the team divided between paths you know not quite able to choose a fork in the road between rebuilding young and going all in on a uh, veteran players matthew any thoughts on keon no actually those are my thoughts because keon coming over here had no idea who he was uh, when he first came over i remember my friend said there is some potential there like um jason sanchez has said that um uh, I want to keep Keon Johnson. Hope we do. He gets buckets when he gets monets, which he means minutes. Um, That's what they call minutes in Portland. They're monets. Yeah, and <laughs> so you know what? Keep Even, Portland weird, man. It's Ted like offensive. the whole Oregon thing. <laughs> <laughs> Ted offensive says, I hope Keon gets a chance. His injury is worse. So Damian Lee to get hurt, uh, meniscus, mm. and he'd probably be out for a couple months, maybe even three months. Um, so it might be worse than that. Um, and having Keon Johnson now, even James Jones at the press conference on media day said that he's looking forward to having him on the team. Mm -hmm. um, of course, it's probably something he has to say because he, he can't leave him out. But he's a guy that's probably just going to battle for a spot now with D. Lee being out. There's another guard spot right there. All right. So Nasir Little. So question number one, Keith, how do you say it? Nasir or Nasir? Uh, so I go with Nas for the short version. Uh, so that's what I'll be doing all nice. season. Yeah, N Nas, nasty Nas, man. Nasty uh, Nas. He's, a, he's our guy. I I love Nas, dude. He okay. again. I gotta say a little. It's kind of the same thing where he hasn't really had his opportunity that he probably should have by now uh, with how many years he's been on an NBA roster. He's just been kind of one of these background guys, and we'll talk about Nurk uh, and the injury history in a minute. N N Nazir's injury history is real he had yeah. legitimate injuries and had a hard time recovering from them had both physical injuries as well as a uh, uh, health ailments he had some really bad sickness and you know the oh, the whole covid period as well um he's just a guy that the, the timing has just been wrong even as, as as recent as last season before the blazers had really reached this reset point there was a small forward rotation entering the season where it was Nas and two others. And he had just as much, honestly, he was maybe a fan favorite for this guy's going to be the starter, maybe not at the beginning of the season, but by the end, uh, that was last year. And so he, he has the potential to do well. He's a very well-rounded player. He's worked on his three point shot from when he came into the league to where it is now it looks much better, but he just hasn't had uh, the, the minutes, the, the kind of the, you know, the lack of someone in front of him, if nothing else. Yes, what the, I was oh go ahead, Matthew. No, I was gonna say the personality too. Um, is there oh, something dude. there? Yeah, because you know, with Mikhail Bridges leaving and that whole era two years ago where they just had a ton of fun before games, after games, dancing around and their towels, whatever they did, there was always something going on with that team. Um, after everyone pretty much left and it's just Booker, it's kind of a restart. Having Nazir, he is friends with Booker, or I'm sorry, with Mikhail Bridges, he's wearing his number mm -hmm. 25. He kind of seems like a goofy dude. I mean, does he have like a good personality, something that other guys can catch on to and be a good locker room guy? He's definitely a good guy. He's maybe a little on the uh, little on the quiet side, so he, he's not okay. super outspoken so far as what we've seen. But the smile is giant. Uh, he definitely lights up. I, I think he connects with people really well. Uh, also, got to say, man, I'm forgetting his first name, but 
and Nazir's dad. Uh, apologies, Mr. Little, but uh, <laughs> Mr. L- Mr. Little, it is. He's on Twitter as well. He's a great follow. He, he's okay. a lot of fun, and you know they they will relate to fans. They will talk to fans. They will connect both uh, with fans. And I mean, again, as far as players, uh, the Blazers have had some. Uh, th- there was a tarmac wrap a little while ago where Dame put out a bit of kind of a video. They got the team uh, videographer to kind of shoot the whole kind of team plane when they were stuck waiting for a, a game going down to California. Uh, Nas is in there. Other guys are in there. The, he he definitely he the the chemistry runs through him. I guess maybe a good way to say it. He's he's in the middle of all that. He's not a fringe guy. Um, and it's man, I just I really hope he gets some minutes. Man, I I hope he gets a chance. Well, that's that's what we like to hear. Obviously, you know, and it's somebody that but James Jones, Josh Bartlestein, our CEO, Matt Ishbia, our owner, uh, on media day were definitely referencing that they target him as a part of that trade. And mm. that just, you know, that, that goes to show you that obviously they've recognized some talent. Uh, when I was doing my research on him a little bit, and, and one thing I do got to say, just, just real quick, Portland Trailblazers NBA follows, you guys are ridiculous, man. Like, <laughs> there is so much loyalty. Like, for example, okay, if I put an article out on Bright Side of the Sun, our SB Nation uh, fan site for the Phoenix Suns, you know, 100 comments. Every fucking thing on Blazer's Edge is like 700 comments. You guys are crazy. And that's everything. I, like I, when I go into the YouTube and I'm looking at, you know, Blazer's Edge and your podcast and everything, it's just every there. It's such an engaged fan base. And I, I fucking wish we had more of that here in Phoenix. Uh, but when I was looking at some of the research, and I was going through and watching the, the videos, you know, some of the negative things, obviously the health. And that's kind of a running theme with the Phoenix Suns this season. Everybody we got does have injury history. Uh, but they said that, you know, he's somebody who attacks the rim and uh, but doesn't necessarily get to the free throw line. He has mm. inclu- increased his three point shot, which you had mentioned. Uh, but defensively off the ball, he was really there was a lot of opportunity for him last year. And but they also said that's kind of everybody on Portland's defense last year. A lot of off ball <laughs> defense challenges. Yeah. So how is he as a defender? Oh, yeah, and I, I think there's a lot of potential there. I think one of the first games that we really saw Nas, um, get a good a good chunk of minutes a couple of years ago man I, time is so relative at this point everything post covid kind of blends together but uh early on in his career one of the first games was down in LA and he took on LeBron straight away and just uh, just yanked the ball uh, LeBron is driving in underneath the basket Nas as a young I don't want to say rookie but is he the rookie or second year player doesn't get bumped out of the way and ended up with the ball like whether it was a block or just kind of like just pulling away the uh, uh possession uh gotta go find that clip man it's, it's not a bad one but he's he's got potential he's got okay. the ability to do so uh and i think if he can find a a regular rotation like a rhythm with some guys around him that that's been one of the other issues for him up here there's been so much uh roster fluctuation around him where he hasn't been able to break through there's always been someone as someone gets moved out of the way in front of him, maybe someone else has been coming in, you know, or at least someone competing with him for the spot. So if, if he can just get something uh, a little more uh, uh, suited and kind of, you know, something he can settle into, I think he has potential on both ends. Uh, also, if I can just throw in here, playmaker. I, it's, I know it's a silly comparison to make, but the general NBA fan knows Draymond. This is certainly the kind of guy you could put in the category of like, oh, is he a poor man's, Draymond light kind of thing. You know, he has the potential, I think, to do something like that. He has a very well-rounded skill set. It's just a matter of of getting the minutes, getting the time. 
I think he's definitely somebody who's going to push his fellow teammates in practice. That's also another thing that we're hearing is, you know, his, his intensity, his engagement, uh, the fact that he is a competitor, that's going to do nothing but play well with him. And obviously Jordan Goodwin being another player who we uh, is, is everyone's new on this fucking team this year, but Jordan Goodwin <laughs> came over in the Bradley Beal trade. And it seems like, you know, Jordan Goodwin's a smaller Nas where it's like, they're mm. just competitors and they got that fire. And that's obviously, you know, uh, what's iron sharpens iron is as they say. And I think there that's you go. A, a good addition. So yeah, sorry. There was a um, fire truck. A fire truck. Me, so I was a mute. So yes. Matthew lives like right next to a police station, a fire, a, fire, <laughs> a hospital, yeah, a fire less, station. Less, yeah. Last thing I wanted to actually add is, you know, the, the big thing with this team is, you know, championship aspirations, of course, and the guys will step it up and we'll talk about Nurkic in a little bit. Um, but Nazir, like, it just seems like he's the type of guy that will feed into that and really show up. You know, when the moments are big, um, I can just kind of see that from him from what I've seen the little of him, you know, just the body language of him. Mm -hmm. um, so that's yeah. something that I'm really looking forward to seeing. Yeah, he's got a passion. He's definitely one of those dudes that will like when he gets the dunk, you're going to see the the highlight, the flex and, and the energy about it. Um, Yeah, we we could use a couple of those guys on the team. I love that. Uh, Nurkic was part of the trade, but I don't want to talk about him yet. I do want to talk about who we obtained in free agency, and that's Drew Eubanks. Uh, one of right. my one of my uh, favorite uh media day interviews i just think that he's just seeing him walk into the room you're like fuck man like we're the same species uh just <laughs> trying to d that guy up he's just his shoulders are so broad tell me tell me about your experience with drew eubanks obviously came to you guys after being in san antonio a fundamentally sound player you know tell me about him drew fundamentally sound is absolutely true uh it's not even near the top of my list when i think about him though i, I we want to talk about Nas's personality and kind of the just I mentioned that Naza, he's got a, a great smile, but he's a little quiet. Drew has a great smile. And he's not quiet. He's goofy. He's a, uh, uh, I mean, yeah, that, that's really, he's a giant goof he's personality wise. Yeah. But on the court, man, he gets it done. He is a, uh, he is a, a blue collar player without a doubt. The help defense is one of those things that, uh, I mean, again, you guys, I will get to Nurk in a minute, but you guys basically inheriting our uh, front court rotation there yes. with Nurk and Drew. Uh, I love the comment Nurk made about it, like you know Drew kind of trying to be sneaky and trying to get away, and he followed him down there. Yeah. But in all, uh, in all truth and reality, the way that they played best was uh, Drew being able to follow Nurk, like as far as kind of that help side defense, kind of being able to come in and a uh, you know Nurk's mobility, which again we'll we'll get to. Uh, Eubanks could could cover it. Uh, and it, it, the biggest thing I, I think that does shine through, though, we started calling him the Shack of Troutdale up here. Yeah, I'm not sure if you guys have talked about this story already. Uh, he got the nickname the Shack of Troutdale, and he was aware of it on social media, on kind of Blazers Twitter. And at one point, when he's talking with Brooke Olsendam, our courtside reporter up here, he mixed it up. He called himself the Trout of Shackdale and kind of is uh, realizes his mistake and just rolls with it. Yeah, yeah, Trout of Shackdale. That's me. And, and so it was a, a the, probably a, a legendary nickname, one of the best. Do you and, see him like, uh, sorry, John, do you see him though? Like even playing a starting role here because we're talking about Nurkic later, a little bit later, but we're, we're constantly talking about how he can like, you know, the, the whole injury thing and how he can just find himself on the bench, maybe quickly this season drew Eubanks though, besides his goofy personality and all that, but he seems like he is someone that is very enthusiastic on the court, but also can bring a lot more on the offensive end and just is has that real rhythm. I feel like with the point guard that you want to see in the pick and roll, I just think that he kind of can play himself this year into a starting role, maybe if possible. Do you see that 
as something that's maybe possible of him to be a full-time starting center for the Suns? I don't There's think a little bit of rumblings of that. I don't think it's impossible. I think uh Drew he brings offense. He's he's a center as far as the offense goes. He's got um a little bit of a a mid-range shot, but I wouldn't want to go out as far as a jump shot. There's a big difference with him and Nurk. Nurk is much mm-hmm. more of a, you know trying to grow into more of a stretch five and I think he's done well of that uh so far, at that so far. Drew though um I could see him as a starting center right now, maybe not for an entire season. He's one of those guys that if you've got a little bit of injury, he's a good fill-in for it. He can fill the role. But Blazers experienced uh, maybe a little bit more of him filling the role than was probably the best for him. That doesn't mean he can't grow uh, more towards that uh, in the future. And, you know, we'll, we'll see how that goes for it. But uh, at the very least, I think he's fully he he's capable to, to be a stopgap starting C. Um, and honestly, I... I wanted to see more of him up here as a power forward, but it's not one with range. So that's a whole nother factor, especially considering the yeah. roster you guys have. That's, you know, another question. Well, and Ted offensive in the chat says, is there Drew closer go. to a power forward or, or than a center? So it sounds like if you have Nurk out there who can stretch the floor as a five, it's almost like a reversal of roles. If right. you will. Nurk is a Nurk is a stretch five offensively, but very much mobility wise, he's limited, limited to defending fives, uh, on the other end, uh, Drew Banks, on the other hand, can't really stretch the floor offensively as much other than, you know, a, a straight lane. But defensively, yeah, he can defend a four. He can probably even defend some threes around the league, some starting three, uh, small forwards. But, yeah, a little bit more mobility that way. And he mentioned it, obviously, in Media Day about how uh, he's not a perimeter player in any way, shape or form. Uh, he's definitely somebody who, who, you know, he's like, I got a good little hook shot. Uh, you know, I, can, he's he like, I, I, I hustle on the on the boards. On both ends of the floor, and you know, I can try to get you extra possessions uh, in that capacity. Were you sad to see him go? And yes. that's you know, I, I guess I should ask that about all three players thus far. Are you sad to see them go? Because that's like that's always the ultimate test of a of a player. You know, like for example, uh, who recently left for us, and I was sad to see them go. Well, it wasn't Aiton, um, Mikael Bridges. <laughs> I was I was sad to see Mikael Bridges go. Right, um, <laughs> Cam Johnson, low low key shade. Uh, but were you sad to see Drew Banks go? Yeah, definitely. Uh, it, it's probably going about in the same order as the contracts overall. I'd say Keon, it's not that I'm not sad to see him go. We, we just didn't have as much exposure to him. Nas was a, a great personality, but didn't have a lot of exposure. Drew, what he did for us in the short time he was here, absolutely. He's someone that I, when when I first heard that he was uh, getting moved to Phoenix, it shocked me a little bit. The rest of this stuff, you know, we knew the Dame trade was happening. We knew Nurk was kind of going to be involved in it in some way. We heard a lot about the Aiton for Nurk package getting formed in some way or another drew banks though especially now that we're on a, a kind of younger resetting team it's a it's it's sad i feel like he still would have fit here he, he still would have had a spot uh so yeah i'm i'm definitely a little little sad to see him go but again i'm i'm gonna be watching your games down there it's i've i was definitely gonna be watching all the blaze games definitely gonna be watching bucks games if if things go well for them but the the suns man that's that's my second home team so i'm i'm if he had to go somewhere i'm glad it was there well yeah we got got two preseason games like right away too (laughs) right (laughs) i was just gonna say the trailblazers always been like my second favorite team my whole life i don't know why they just always have been um maybe because of the jerseys and uniforms but we'll definitely be watching because of da so ted also asks in the chat uh eubanks played ad really well in stretches did he match up with Giannis ever? I'm sh- I I want to say yes. I I'm bl- I believe he definitely has matched up with Giannis. I don't have the greatest memory for it right now. Again, I've just been in a different gear all summer, unfortunately. 
Uh, my apologies, Ted Offensive. But uh, I believe he did. And man, I, I, I wish I could pull up a clip because I feel like there was something from the matchup. But overall, uh, Giannis is probably a little more mobile than what Eubanks is going to, than what you want Eubanks to try and keep up with. If, if he's trying to keep up with Giannis, it's not going to be something he's sustaining for a full game. And that's going to be, you know, Suns fans understand that Eubanks, that's what we get to. He's our Jock Landell this year, uh, but a lot more fundamentally sound, a lot more of a complete player, I feel. Um, there is a piece that we have coming out on Brightside where Bryn uh, Tannehill puts together this really interesting statistical analysis of players. And she takes like seven different advanced metrics to include like VORP and LeBron. And she does it. I mean, so she's essentially like a statistician for the, uh, uh, she was for the Naval Academy and she, and, and she's a Suns fan on the side. So she's like this super, super smart individual. And she puts together these articles every now and then. And she just like sends me an email. She's like, can you publish this? And I read it. I'm like, Holy <laughs> fuck, you're insanely smart. Uh, but based on her analytics, like, Eubanks isn't going to be as effective as Landell. And I'm like, eh, I don't know if I trust these analytics right now because <laughs> uh, I feel like he's, you know, again, I think the, the, the sheer fact, and she mentions in her piece, the, the fact that Landell could stretch the floor a little bit and shoot threes kind of adds to his effectiveness in a couple different categories, which weights it a little bit to, in his favor. But he's going to be somebody who is just going to provide quality minutes. And that's one thing that I really feel like this team is going to uh, thrive on as we prepare for this crazy season that's ahead of us. Obviously, he's going to be backing up Yusuf Nurkic. Uh, a lot of different feelings amongst Suns fans. I mean, when this trade happened, I've never seen a more 50-50 split of, is this a good trade for the Suns? Is the bad say, trade for the Suns? You know, the good things, okay, he fits the system, and that's obviously everything that uh, was stated at Suns Media Day from all the Suns brass. He fits what we need. He obviously has a contract that is practically half of DeAndre Ayton. So it gives you some roster flexibility uh, for the next three seasons. Uh, he's somebody who can stretch the floor. He can play physical. He's a better defender than DeAndre Ayton, at least on the advanced metric side of things. Not an uh, a more athletic defender, but definitely a more physical one. But then you got the con side of it, right? Like he's older than DA. He's, he's, uh, he lumbers up and down the court. He's somebody who's injury prone. So tell me about the Nurkic experience for you as a fan. Boy, the Nurkic experience, we called it Nurk fever for a long time when he first Ooh, got here. Uh, I, I had a very severe case of Nurk fever for a long time. I still am a very big fan of Nurk. And honestly, similar to how uh, Phoenix fans have kind of turned on Aiden, I think Blazers fans are very divided on Nurk. There's some of us that are still uh, diehard fans and you know the the whole phrase the the best ability is availability is very true for for what he's gone through i think what's important to mention right off the bat is that nurk's lack of availability at least in the last couple of years is maybe overstated he, is it he because had, of the tanking or it, it might have something to do okay. with the, with the tanking yeah uh like the 2019 he uh fractured his leg it was it was bad it was gruesome it was um uh, a double overtime game over the Nets. And it was one of those things that all the players on the floor were running back, were, were, were diving away. It was, uh, and I think even the next season after, it took Nurk a good while to kind of get back to feeling comfortable again. He's a guy that he's a rebounder. He's a big body that knows how to be big. And so I think that, uh, that maybe lack of foundation really got to him a bit. But more recently, he has certainly... 
maybe sat out more games than his injuries warranted because that's what the team was looking for. It's what they, uh, it, was, it was the, you know, just the path they, they were going down. And so I, I think that's something for fans to remember is that while Nurk has had certainly an injury history, it's maybe a little overstated. And I would not be surprised if he was healthier and played more games for the Suns this season when he's in a spot where, there's a lot of talent ahead of him. There's no question on what his role is. There's no question on uh, on where he kind of is in the in the, the the hierarchy, the food chain of everything going on. And you know, it's I, I'm I'm excited to see what he does for you guys. Honestly, you you think that pissed him off though? Just the whole tanking, him having to sit. Um, it seems like a guy now in Phoenix. He wants to compete. Obviously, he's happy to be here. But being in Portland, sitting out. You know, we know what that's like here in Phoenix, where. Booker at the end of two consecutive seasons sat out, not even due to injury. He was injured before, but just did not finish the season due to tanking reasons that can take a toll. I'm surprised Booker's still here after all that shit. But yeah. Nurkic just seems like to me, it's kind of hidden, like you said, where the narrative is more of just the tanking and just the team not being a championship contender. And that might drive a guy like him a little crazy. Maybe if he's that competitive, is he that kind of a competitive guy? Because we've been hearing just he's not as much like it takes a little bit for him to get going you have to motivate him can we see a guy's gonna be competitive every night for the suns you're definitely gonna see a dude that's competitive i i think nurk is very much a competitive player we had um i believe it was two seasons ago the exit interviews as players are going out nurk is basically talking about how chauncey had already told him that he would be a, a more centralized role like that he was ready to be a kind of a, a bigger role for the offense and that's what he he wanted he wanted to you know be competitive he wanted to actually be making a difference uh with what's happening out there on the floor i think what gets confused sometimes with maybe him being a little less competitive he's a hard on his sleeve kind of guy sometimes he certainly maybe gets a little bit pouty uh, when games aren't going well, when you can tell that it's just not going to go the Blazers way. He's certainly one of these guys that maybe gets some uh, some cheap tacky fouls that he probably shouldn't if he was more focused. But that was all part of the growth process, too. I think it was something that Dame helped him with a lot over the years. Uh, the two of them had a very close relationship. There was a lot of uh, friendship there uh, off the court as well. And I... Again, I, I think Nurk, if he had had more chance these last two seasons up here where they hadn't been trying to tank or trying to take any excuse to, to trying to you know get the veteran experienced players off the floor we could have seen a lot more from him his value could have been a lot higher his contract half of Aiden's as it is could have been looked at as a lot more valuable than maybe the the asset that it was looked at this summer so tell me about some of his physical limitations obviously you know he has he has the physicality he can stretch the five as we talked about a couple times tell me what some of his deficiency are just as a player it's the mobility like i kind of mentioned earlier he was never the most mobile guy he's a giant of a human being yes. if uh, you ever get a chance to see him in person oh he's he yeah, was standing right next to me right and next. oh my god yeah. and i have yeah, a big yeah, waist today yeah i have a big waist and like his thighs are the size of my waist i'm like good lord man dude just for a little while, I was doing the media days for NBC Sports Northwest up here. And man, like players make an impression on you for sure. Nurkic made yes. an impression. I, I almost, uh, I had a point where I was uh, rounding a corner, taking the left as, as he's going right with some other people and almost just went chest to face with just this dude. Take a charge. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the, the guy is massive. So it, it, it always has been an issue as far as his mobility. He was never the most mobile guy. Uh, and even offensively, there was a lot of criticism that he 
didn't go hard to the rim. He was not a dunker as much as someone that might kind of lay up or give some of these kind of scoop shots underneath. I think he's gotten better about that habit overall. Time will tell. Uh, you guys, I'm sure, will be able to get back to me and tell me if I'm, I'm wrong about that. But uh, I think the biggest thing, again, is just that leg fracture in 2019 was for a long while something that he didn't quite feel like going 100% as far as uh, uh, especially lateral mobility or the injury itself happened on a on a vertical jump and he came down wrong and it was just, you know, that that's history. So I, I think that is probably even a spot where he might be a little more of an under the rim guy uh, at this point than, than above. That's again, maybe, maybe not something that uh, when he, when space is freed up a little more, when he has talent around him, like you guys are going to have more so than the Blazers ever really did. Uh, maybe having a little more room to work under there, not being as crowded might be something that benefits his confidence. No, I'm excited. I'm absolutely excited yeah, to see what he yeah, what he does. So obviously, you know, we've discussed everybody who we've got from our end of the trade. You know, one thing we have here on the Suns Jam sessions, we do player drops. Anytime we talk about a player, we have a drop for him. This was Aiton's. Watch. Literally what we did, it was always just like a breaking news story. How's Aiton doing tonight? What questions do you have about DeAndre Aiton? And I will say this, Suns fans, if you're watching along live, again, thank you for doing so. You know, give your give your thoughts on Aiton in the comments as well. You know, if Keith is asking questions, I want Keith to understand kind of, you know, what we're saying and, and trying to be as real as possible, but also hearing from the fans as well, just so you have a good understanding of, of what the Aiton experience was here in Phoenix. Yeah, I just realized I had my chat window uh, moved over to the side a little bit where I, I missed some of this. I hope I haven't uh, missed any key comments. Hello, chat. Hello, Jamsters. Uh, <laughs> yes, used have a, Justin used to have a lip uh, lip ring. So one of our favorite, or one of our, uh, you know, <laughs> big fans. What are you talking nice. about? <laughs> Justin, so says Jay. Used to have a lip ring, he said. Oh, he did? I didn't even see him in yeah, the chat. Yeah, so the Jimmy Butler. So coincidentally, yeah, Justin is my middle name. So uh we got all there sorts you of go. There you go. A little known fact. So says Jay used to have his lip pierced. Okay. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> thanks, Justin. And I and I'm hanging with it, man. I'm almost 40 at this point, and I, I continue. It's it's the Portland thing, I guess. I can rock the <laughs> the uh the lip ring and you know the the rock star hair here going. I feel like uh Rob Zombie someday. Like, <laughs> more up in, like, human, the... more you're more human than human. <laughs> exactly. Uh anyway, talking about Aiden. Um Honestly, I, I, I hear what he's gone through with you guys down there. I, I hear about the worn out welcome. I am really hoping that similar to what we were saying about Nas earlier. I hope this is just a good fresh start for him as far as he's starting over with a young squad, mostly younger than him. So maybe gives him a chance to kind of really showcase and, and take a heavier load without having guys in front of him, bigger stars that need, need to eat as well. Uh, my questions about Aiden maybe would be, What's uh what's what are his uh what 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 should I expect from him on the defensive end? Because that's obviously, especially with the oops all guards kind of mentality you've had for a long time. We need a front court that can uh maybe hold down when when guys kind of uh, uh get through the red cape defense on the perimeter. Matthew, John, you want to start? I'll let Matthew go first. Okay, defensively. <laughs> so this is the thing with Aiden everywhere. I mean, there's potential everywhere. You've seen it in the the, the finals run the Suns had two years ago. His defense was phenomenal in the playoff series before. Of course, Giannis, you can't guard him. Um, ever since then, it's been sure. up and down. Um, he can be a guy, and you know, even offensively, but defensively, he can be the anchor. He even said last year he's dominating. He's playing both offense and defense. But he has 
he is he was him and Mikhail when Mikhail was here and you had like Luca come to town, it was the best because Mikhail would do his best on Luca and then you had Aiden right behind him. That went away. Um, that even went away last year, even when we had Mikhail. I don't feel like his defense was as good. He can be a good shot blocker uh, when he wants to, but that's the thing, man. I think his defense is there, but if he wants to play, he can be the best defensive center in the league. He can. He's that athletic. He can take good angles. Um, once he learns the game, if he has someone to teach him along the way, even during the whole game, he is a guy to be relied on defensively. Um, so it's just all about the want. Um, if he has that, he'll be great. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be a common theme we talk about with DA. It's, you know, if he wants to be uh, defensively, again, athletic. He's somebody who won't get played off the court if you're in the play, in the postseason. You know, and that is kind of one of the fears of Nurkic. When you are playing somebody night to night uh, in throughout an 82-game season, it's hard to pl- get played off the court because teams aren't specifically targeting you over and over again. But by game three of a series you're going to identify who the weakest defender is and you're going to go at them. And DA, he's not that weakest defender. And he's he's been successful in the playoffs because of that. And that run that we had to the 2021 NBA Finals, DA was the defensive anchor. And yeah. he was fantastic. But unfortunately, you know, DA has a lack of maturity as, as, as a human, if you will. Uh, and understandably so. He felt wronged by the organization. He was up for his rookie extension after that finals run. They didn't extend him. They let it go the whole year. The next year, he was a restricted free agent. He had an opportunity. Uh, the Indiana Pacers made a max offer. The Suns smartly matched it instantly. But at the same time, between that, between losing trust from Monty Williams, losing trust from the locker room and Devin Booker and Kevin Durant recently, you know, he's somebody who just is – he was very disengaged, and that's why you saw – when he was uh, at his presser with the with the Blazers, he was very excited to be there. When they, they the videos him walking into your facilities and he's super excited, mm. he does have that level of enthusiasm and he does have that level of uh, play and, and, and capability on both ends of the floor. Uh, and that's one thing that as Suns fans we kind of feel robbed because Frank Vogel's coming into this system, a new coach, a defensive coach. He talked about Da being the defensive anchor of of this new squad. You know, if your fourth best player is D.A. and he's got that athleticism, we were robbed of something that we'll never know. And it's mm. because of a lot of personality issues and 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 just bro- hurt feelings by multiple people, uh, both on the Sun side and D.A. side. Just like the Shaq and Kobe thing, but without the three championships. So, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, yeah. I, I, on, on one hand, I got to say, I can uh, we've had our share of a of, of big man. Uh, tragedies i guess with like with odin and you know everything yeah. earlier in that too but odin is one of those guys i just just what you're saying john as far as never getting to experience what you know, like we, we had such hopes for the aldridge roy odin combo they played something like 60 games together and they won 48 there, there's some crazy stat yeah. they they won a massive percentage of the few games they actually got to play together and it was but that's all it was that's all we got from uh i can hear you on that and it, you know it is again like like you're saying my hope is just that aiden's really got that chance to to reset here to kind of get things going with a young core that's all building the same time he is versus trying to build while the franchise itself is is gathering stars for a real run uh i i loved what he did in the in the 2021 uh season for you guys but or the postseason but i i think what um he just wasn't he wasn't ready he's he's you know he's he's young still he's 25 yes. right 24 yes. 25 25 25 yeah. so yeah it's uh you know i'm fingers are crossed the the other thing i will say about ayton 
um, is you got to look at the arc of his career, right? He's the first overall pick. His first two seasons are with bad teams, if you will. I mean, his second season, they win, what, like 19 games. Uh, but he's Oof. featured heavily on offense, and he has an opportunity to grow. Uh, then they bring in maybe was his second season with uh, with Rubio, Matthew, because the last yeah. three were. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. so second season, they almost make the playoffs. Uh, but that's also the season where he got hit with the diuretic and he was out for 25 games. So had that not happened, we would have made the playoffs. CP3 comes in. Uh -huh. We completely go to 100 percent guard centric offense. He's no longer featured in that offense. He's more of a role player. He accepts the the role and he, he performs in it and again and then again everything kind of happens in succession like i said fall in the 2021 season so there's under there, like i can understand and empathize with, with his frustrations the the challenge that i've always kind of had with da is he he's a lot of talk and not a lot of walk and you saw in the most recent presser with his dominating statement dominance i'm bringing dominance my name is dominating he doesn't bring dominance like he can bring dominance, <laughs> um, but but he doesn't consistently. And it's a level of engagement again in a new environment. He most likely will thrive with Portland. You're going to love what he brings sometimes, but you're also going to notice some of those little intricacies in his game that just kind of uh, it, it frustrates you at time. I'll go through some of the some of what the uh, the the jamsters are saying in the chat, you know, scared to dunk. He doesn't dunk for some reason. It's really frustrating. Uh, soft from Corey Flynn. Streaky is a good way. Uh, I like what Hunter Star 05 says. Aiden has the potential and the tools to be an incredible finesse center. And that's the key. You're used to Nurk, used to physicality. He's Aiden is finesse. Mm. Maybe with a more centralized scoring role, we'll see him achieve his, achieve his uh, true potential. Amazing game one day and soft the next few. We call him big game Aiden. Like if we we're on TNT, like we'd get a good game out of Aiden. But then when it's on like local broadcast, he would just kind of get disengaged. And again, part of that's because it was CP three and Booker running the whole offense. And so he would, you, you know, you talked a little bit earlier about how Nurk, when they're losing, you could see him pouting. Same thing with DA and on yeah. offense, he would shy away instead of, you know, posting up on the block and asking for the ball. He just go on the weak side and just kind of hang out and not go grab the, grab the rebound, which would be just very annoying. You know, again, Aiden could be among the best centers in the league, but dude wouldn't show up when needed. So you're, you're starting to see a theme here. Uh, I do love what Dean Harrington says. Aiden going to support, uh, sports Suns fans with free Chick Fil A's in the fourth quarter because he misses free throws <laughs> when they when they count. Um, he's like a big box of chocolates. You just didn't know what you're going to get. And then Ted offensive. Da is capable of doing anything defensively or offensively. It's about where his head's at. His hands are not the best. That's another key. Yet CP3 and CP3 you like couldn't get him the ball, <laughs> which is Boy, nice. which yeah. Is nice. that, that, that's definitely something to say for sure. I remember watching some of that at one point. If you can't work with CP3, uh, that that's 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 something to work on. It is funny how many of the the knocks on the player that I'm hearing you guys talk about that are similar to what we've had with Nurk in the past. That's the what a lot of people have said. Uh, so the I think again the the biggest difference is that in DA you've got a player who is growing, trying to kind of still find where his his strengths are, trying to get towards the ceiling. With Nurk, you've got a guy who knows what his strengths are, knows his role, knows what to do especially when you have such a clear definition above him with these players versus seasons where we've had him kind of, you know, thinking that maybe he had a chance to be the second option, not the third or fourth or fifth. So I, I, th I think he, uh, that the, the matter of fit there could be a, a big difference maker. And he's a lot cheaper. Nurk is. Yeah. So, and it gives us some flexibility. Uh, I like what Fumaro El Oso says, Keith, you seen the value highlight? 
yeah, that's the only time we saw uh, ever saw that out of him. He can do it, <laughs> you know. So I mean, that's just kind of that's kind of who he. There are games, man. Last year, um, last year Devin Booker, there were games where he looked like Kobe. Like it was just insane mm. how good he was on the court. There Looks were crazy, games man. where Da looked like you know like a young Shaq or something out there. Um, so it is there. So the frustrating part, though, man, like going into next year, uh, you know, I want to ask two things: uh, Scoot Henderson and for me, uh, Simons. Those two guys, I hope, like, I know DA is the veteran basically coming in, right? He's been on a championship contending team. Um, he, this will be his sixth year. I just don't know how much, how much you think, like, those guys will respect him or listen to him and who's actually, like, the leader of that team. And then also it's just, like, will those guys, because what DA does during the season is he will be inconsistent, which is frustrating because they're like, well, we'll wait to the playoffs. He'll show up but you want him to work on stuff during the season so he's more comfortable in situations. So do you think he can be that leader for this team, or do you think it's going to be someone else holding him accountable all year long? I know you have very little intel, really, of him until you start seeing him 20 games in a row, maybe. You'll get a good sense of who he is. But do you know which which way it will go, you think? I am extremely curious. Like you're saying, I, I don't have a whole lot of intel on D.A., I love hearing this, though, the idea that he wants to be maybe in more of a leadership position on the team. We've been guard-centric for so long. You're talking about when it happened with you guys in CP3 down there. Mm -hmm. We've been a guard-centric team for a long time up here, even despite having, even back when we had Aldridge and Odin, Aldridge was never meant to be the number one there. It was meant to be Roy the whole time. Um, Outside of Aiden, up here, it's still a question even without him coming to the mix because... Scoot is very much the the prized future point guard of the Blazers. There's no question on that. Anthony Simons, I I have always called him. First of all, I call him Penny Simons. It's hard not to. I don't know if <laughs> yeah, you guys know the background. He, Penny Hardaway is his actual godfather. Yeah. I think it's a great nickname. I wish he would bring it back. Ant is also taken by the, our guy over in Minnesota. So you know, in my opinion, feel free to uh, uh, Penny Simons. We'll around. use that in the, pro, the post game pod. Yes, there we go. Uh, my co-host is going to hate me for that one. Uh, my, my point, though, Simons has been here a long while. He was seen as the heir apparent to Dame, even from Dame's own mouth. When Dame was talking about when he was gone, Simons was going to be the guy taking over. Uh, that being said, I do see him as more of a shooting guard than a point guard. He's a, he's a combo guard, certainly. But I think his best ability, catch and shoot. That's what he did more, more so. He's a great athletic dunker. He has a very, he's got a great head on his shoulders, a great ability to pass and play make for the team, teammates around him. But catch and shoot is where he really thrives. Uh, so you have a guy who's not the leader of the team, Simons, versus the, the incoming rookie future leader in Scoot. Simons has got, what, six years now of experience. I, it very much, I think, is going to be his team. Uh, even with Jeremy Grant there, Jeremy Grant has just as much of an ability to score. I think it's going to be, I think Simon's is probably going to kind of see it his way. Uh, and I, I'm sorry, I realize I'm rambling now at this point, You're but fine. it's it's a big open question really is what I'm trying to get to where I don't know where the leadership's going to go. I think maybe at the beginning of the season, you're probably looking at Simon's kind of running it his way over the season. Maybe that becomes more of Scoot's team. DA coming into the mix. This is a uh, this is a whole new uh, you're you're throwing some uh, some dynamite into the chemistry here you know they I, I have no idea what to really expect uh, but I'm excited about seeing an offense that is not just guard centric I cannot wait to see them pushing more through the middle because we've we've got some athletes now too and we're we're no longer just focused on it's still pretty guard centric but we're no longer just about small guards I, I think there's a lot more of a if we can get some open driving lanes if we can get some bigs between Robert Williams and Da. 
uh, if we can get some space in the middle, man, it, it's there's going to be a lot of attack that's not just on the perimeter this year. And I think a lot of Blazer fans are going to be excited for that change. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been a long time coming. And I think that you take a look at kind of the roster construction over the years and you're 100% right. Obviously, you've been watching the team for a long time. But just from afar, looking, you know, Portland, you know, as, Ma- as Matthew mentioned, it's a, it's a secondary team for him. It's a team that I've always I, I've always loved the, 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 the uniform game. Man, you guys mm. always have great fucking Pinwheel. uniforms. You know, it's just that pinwheel is just iconic. Uh, but, you know, it's a team that we've always respected, but it's also, you know, it's like, hey, if we have to play this team in the playoffs, we can win because you can bully their guards because they have the, they always had like the smaller guards. Dame, you know, outside of the Western Conference run hasn't had very much success. So excited to see what you guys are going to end up doing this season. What, what are your thoughts on Phoenix now? I mean, fucking the Suns five years ago, we won 19 games or whatever. Maybe it was six years ago now. We won 19 games. And now we have like Kevin Durant and Bradley Beal. What's that like as a fan from afar, knowing that you obviously went to college here and whatnot, but you know, Mm. how do you, how do you absorb what the hell we're trying to process every day? The, the pick of of Bradley Beal was crazy. Um, Let let me just quick sidetrack. I'm so sorry, but I'm just watching the chat here. Corey Flynn talking about uh, put it this way, Keith in three years, you'll be ready to move on from DA. Uh, I, I love this chat function you guys have. I'm gonna have to check out StreamYard for our own <laughs> podcast. Thank you for showing me this. Of course. But, uh, I, I hear what he's saying, but I think maybe again part of the hope here with our young core, these dudes are all four or five years younger than than Da is. So if we get to a spot where he's getting towards the end of this contract, our other guys are getting towards the the start of of this version of their contract. Uh, you know, maybe it's one of those things. Where it's like okay, we had a we had a run, but one way or another, he's got three, four years, whatever, to kind of give that fresh start. Okay, so I, I just saw that in the chat, and I just, you know, no, I, I don't want to not address it. You guys are well, awesome. it's a good point. It really is a good point, too, because you think DA had to play with Booker, who's always older and always treated him like a smaller brother. I mean, even during right? the pandemic, when they played each other on NBA 2K, that's the only thing that was on that was like live sports was like Booker beating the shit out of DA. I remember watching that, actually, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like Booker, like, talk shit to him. CP3, all they did was yell at him on the court because he was in the wrong position, and his basketball IQ is, I you know, it's like, a 50 out of a hundred sometimes. So you're right. He is playing with players where he is the older statesman. Now he's the guy who's been to the finals. He's mm, it's going to yeah. be a different vibe from DA that we could never have here in Phoenix. Good, bad, or indifference. Just the way it is. It's what happens, man. Again, it's the same way that Dame is moving on to Milwaukee. I think it's gonna be a yep. very different vibe from there than here where he was very literally carrying the team very much. He never had, I mean, he had an all-star, I think for three seasons of the 11 that he was here. So it's, and that's one all-star teammate versus now he is got four in the starting lineup with him. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, as far as Phoenix though, I love what you guys are doing. I, I D book is amazing. I love watching his game. I was always a fan of Aiden, but I, I get where the, like you're saying the, the, the timing with what he wanted, the role he wanted to have was not what he was going to have with the team, especially when you then go and add Kevin Durant and Bradley Beal, the pick of mm-hmm. the pickup of Bradley Beal is amazing is what I was starting to say earlier before we got distracted by the chat. <laughs> and I think that is the kind of piece, especially now getting in a solid role player with Nurk and who's your favorite, fifth starter who am i missing here we don't head? know yet it could be kate okay. bates diop it could be josh yeah. okogi okay 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 as well either way the upper end of talent is is not the worry for you guys and i think that's something that most teams are probably pretty jealous of uh so when you fill that in behind with players like 
Nurkic that can you know know his role, fill his role with Nasir, who if he's going to have a role, I think he can do something with it. Uh, and my apologies for not knowing the rest of your guys' depth chart as well, but I, I think at the very we least, we got Eric it, Gordon. Like Eric was. Gordon's on this team. <laughs> you to Watanabe, like it's Watanabe. I like a lot as well. It's, a, it's another good pickup. They did a really good job. I think the big thing is that that with the upper tier talent you have filling in the 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 gaps for the depth here is the critical element. And so hopefully this trade helps you guys as much as it hopefully helps us helps you this year while it helps us maybe two or three years down the line. I'm good with that. I can until we get Embiid next year because he'll be yeah, unhappy. Right. Oh, <laughs> God, no. <laughs> hey, look. It's always Booker with two other guys. Every every media day taking pictures of two other superstars. From if here you on manage out. to turn, if you can turn Da into Nurkic into Embiid, I will just, I'm just <laughs> you know, I, I'll be here for it, man. I'm, I'm good for it. Biggest thing too is as long as he doesn't end up on the Heat, I'm good for it. <laughs> yeah, Amen. Yeah, fuck the Heat. That's what we've fuck learned on heat. this podcast. You know. <laughs> yeah, we got Grayson Allen too. It's just it's been a it's been this complete overhaul obviously chemistry is the number one thing that we're all just kind of sitting patiently waiting health uh obviously but mm. you know it'd be nice for us to finally you know do what you guys did back in was it 77 win a championship man oh man you know, you know and let me just say too when i was down in in arizona there i saw the amari uh, oh. uh steve nash stout amari like, like the, the uh, uh sorry uh the the seven seconds or less sons man yes yeah yeah thank you uh that team was amazing that's what like when i was i lived up here as a little kid in high school and kind of got into the blazers would go with my dad it was in college down there with friends learning fantasy basketball and everything that yes. really did it for me so i'm always gonna have that connection to the sons man like as far as just you know, like what really got me into the next level of basketball got me to the point where i was doing podcasts and got a job in the business and now back to trying to you know do the do the home studio thing here yes <laughs> <laughs> well keith we appreciate you being on the pod we're gonna have to have you on again again we go live after every phoenix suns game so we might have you on if you if you're able to after yeah, yeah. A, Sun, a, a suns trailblazers game and talk about our reactions and you can watch us play all of our stupid drops that we have for all the players uh but you know do our listeners and watchers a favor let them know where they can follow you and your podcast I will do that. I'm just going to say first, too, I'm a huge fan of the drops. I'm all about sound effects on our pod, too. Uh, some people call me out for too much music beds and sound effects, man. I'm, I'm old school radio DJ style. Like, that's that's yes. how I, I how I want to do it as I hit my mic like a radio <laughs> DJ would. Uh, but, yeah, thank you guys for having me on, man. I, I love doing this. Uh, Trailcasters is the pod. Podland Trailcasters. So it's kind of like the play on Portland Trailblazers. Uh, we're on Twitter you can always send emails to trailcasters at gmail.com. We've got a Discord as well. You can find it in the episodes. Uh, there's a link in the episode description for all of our episodes that we throw out there. We've had a real lack of episodes this summer. That is mostly my fault with the job, but you know, <laughs> schedule things happen. Usually, though, we're we're weekly, if not more. Uh, and honestly, I'm gonna be checking out the StreamYard thing here too. So maybe we. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you there. about it afterwards. I'll get you guys uh, to come join me on our pod too. But yeah, thank you so much. And anytime you want me to come back, man, I'm here for it fantastic matthew tell them where they can follow you at matthew lissy cool that was very engaging uh you can also follow you follow me at darth voida you can read my writing at brightsideofthesun.com uh, again our next podcast will be coming to you live after the suns play the detroit pistons so until then matthew what can the people go to go home and love your damian lillard oh, okay <laughs>